This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast. Fiala intercepts again, trying to find the handle on it. He does, he scores! What a play by Fiala! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. Now I'm proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL, AHL, news, advanced stats, and much more. Sets up Molino, back to Boldy, shoots, and scores! The BC Kid returns home and scores his first. Goes to work for the Wild, centers one, Erickson Eck with a shot, he scores! Jewel Erickson Eck, he's the hero. Poked away Kaprizov, in for a chance to win it, he scores! And now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Buck. Hello, and welcome in to another episode of Sound the Foghorn. I'm Brett Marshall, joined as always by Zeke Boyatz and Justin Baki. Sam Uren back with us today to talk some Whitecaps as well. But before we get into what should be another really fun and exciting show, let's check in on how everyone is doing. Zeke, how are things going tonight? Good. It's been, uh, you know, like everyone else, just hanging out, typical week. Uh, just happy to be here talking with you guys again this week. Yeah, definitely. Justin, about you? Doing good. My daughter started dance on Monday. It was her first week, so that was pretty neat. And uh, right before the episode here, I was getting my son Miko's stuff together. He's got a game tomorrow, and he's eating hockey up, man. He's he was <laughs> sleeping with his puck the other night, and every night before bed, he wants to watch like five or ten minutes of hockey game. He won't fall asleep till he does. So sounds it's like a exciting time to me. Yeah, he's <laughs> loving it, man. It's, it's it's a great bonding experience. I'm pretty sure like a 12 pack of pucks is probably cheaper than like one stuffed animal too. So oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he can leave with a couple of pucks. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, Sam, how are things going for you? Good. Yeah. I mean, coming off a couple great wins for the Whitecaps, and same thing for the Wild, and we're getting into the busiest schedule i've probably ever seen for hockey so yeah as our uh, good friend michael russo would say buckle up <laughs> it's about to get crazy <laughs> um well let's get into the white caps we finally get to talk a little bit about an offensive explosion of a weekend for them um, as we talked about had the potential to be a close series had a potential for one of the teams to kind of find their footing and that team ended up being the white caps who sweep the buttes on their own ice uh winning this weekend three to one on saturday and then just demolishing them on sunday much like the wild did the canadians uh six to one um just kind of break down the weekend a couple players had some big weekends john curtis um and others so just kind of give us a lowdown of you know the white caps awesome weekend yeah, Saturday, like you said, three to one. Um, it started off pretty close. Uh, you know, no scoring in that first period, but uh, then you get Buffalo scoring, and then the Whitecaps coming right back at them. And Allie Thunstrom, obviously, as in years past, has just been 
such an offensive juggernaut, I think, in this federation in the league. And um, it's really it's really great to see her finding her place this year again, you know, right at the top of that scoring. Um, and then, you know, maybe a bit of a I – w- I don't want to say breakout weekend because Patty Marshall has been – uh, consistent throughout the whole season of, you know, really getting in there and, and being a powerhouse on that blue line for the white cap. But, um, you know, a big weekend for Patty as well, which is really great. And yeah, I believe she had four assists. I think if I recall correctly on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It was like tons of, tons of points across the board of, you know, not just goals, but you saw Allie and, and Patty step up and Jonna of course is another one of those scoring just offensive powerhouses. So, um, you know, Sunday's game also brought in like Haley Mack and uh, players like Ashley Bricklick and Taylor Turnquist, of course, who we know, you know, Nico Sturm and uh, maybe they trade tips or something. I don't know. <laughs> like just incredible players to watch. And it's super fun to see Taylor uh, here in Minnesota, you know, instead of in the, with the Boston team. So, yeah. Absolutely, and then I believe the performances of both um, Marshall and Thunstrom earned him um, three stars of the week honors from the PHF. I believe Thunstrom the first star and Marshall the third star, so pretty cool to get some double Whitecaps recognition this weekend as well. Yeah, I, it's super exciting to see this team come back after, you know, kind of a rocky start to the to the season and uh, take the break and um, come into the new year, you know, getting two big wins right away and um, you know, next time they play is against Buffalo back at home. Uh, that December series that was postponed because of weather now uh, coming up here in the beginning of February. So, you know, I, I hope the fans will really appreciate, you know, this team is back to the Whitecaps that we all know and love. Yeah, kind of a bummer they have to have a week off. You know, I have all the momentum, hoping to could carry that into the following weekend. But a week to rest up and be healthy and be ready to hopefully uh, smack the Buttes pretty good again. Yeah, and we'll see, uh, you know, it's a week off for the rest of the team, but, um, you know, a couple players going to the All-Star Weekend, which is in Buffalo. So, you know, just three weekends of Buffalo, back-to-back-to-back for, uh, you know, Allie Thunstrom and uh, who else is going? Uh, Jonna and Patty. So all three of those players, you know, having a really big weekend, and then they get to go enjoy the All-Star Showcase and, uh, then come back and continue on the rest of the season. Anything you can inform us about or anything to look forward to with the, uh, with the all-star game? Um, I, I know as much as fans at this point, um, you know, it was so far out while I was still with the team back at the end of the year uh, in 2021 and the first half of the season. So it wasn't really on uh, my radar as, as assistant GM. So whatever the fans are, are seeing and what we're seeing in, you know, coming out of PHF reports and uh, the media is, is what I know, but I think it'll be a really great time for all these athletes, you know, a bit of a bummer that it's not in Toronto as it was planned to be uh, because of, you know, COVID protocols and, and border rules and things like that. But um, it's a really awesome opportunity for Buffalo and the city there and, uh, Nate Oliver, the GM of the Buttes, he, he's a great friend. And um, so it's really exciting to see Buffalo get this opportunity, you know, at, at a high level to showcase what they have. 
Absolutely. And then for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar, it'll be a a five-on-five tournament with three different teams, I think selected by just some kind of unique different people. I believe Megan Cheka has a team um, who does a bunch of stats for the PHF as well as other, I believe, uh, Statleet or Statleet is her company that she runs. It does advanced stats and stuff. Um, I believe all the Whitecaps are on the same of one of those three teams, if I recall correctly. And all of that um, will be broadcast exclusively in the U.S. on uh, ESPN+. And if we do have listeners in Canada looking to tune in, that'll be on TSN and TSN Direct uh, as well. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a great time. Um, you know, I, I will say, and I do have to give a little bit of a shout-out to Lev. Um, in my fan opinion, I think she was a huge snub to not be at this All-Star weekend. I mean, she's kept the Whitecaps in contention this whole season uh, when the scoring was lower and has one of the best save percentages in the league. Um, so it's a little strange to not see Lev going to Buffalo this for the All-Star, but, um, you know, I know that she would say that it's it's a great opportunity for the other goaltenders that are getting a chance to go, and, um, you know, that's just the way that Lev is. Also a shame that the, the pads won't be there too, of course. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that alone seems to me like it should be a shoe in Like, add on top of that, the great year. Like you said, very, like, Jesper Wallstedt-like where, like, hey, yeah, goalie's playing great, but just not getting the offensive support kind of until this last weekend. But um, I'm sure she'll be supportive of the of the three that are going, as will we. And, you know, i am got a pretty open weekend and may have to flip that on and tune in and watch a little bit of our white caps and the all-star action because those are always, always fun events to, to tune into, so. Oh yeah, it is interesting. It's a bit different of a format than what has been in years past. So um, I'm interested to see how things will work with the three teams and the five on five instead of you know the more skill based you know showcase activities that are typical for an all star. For sure. All right. Well, anything else, Whitecaps here before we uh, let you go and then dive into our uh, our three wild games. We get a breakdown finally. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think, like I said, you know, next home game is, uh, what is it, the February 5th, uh, which is NHL All-Star Weekend. So, um, you know, get back-to-back men's, women's, so it'll be a good time. All right. As always, Sam, we thank you for your insight, and uh, we wish our Whitecaps the best of luck uh, for the ones that will be in Buffalo for the PHF All-Star Weekend. Thanks so much, Sam. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, lots to get to with an exciting uh Minnesota Wild weekend with three big wins. We'll get to all those, but uh, let's dive right in. Justin, we'll kick it to you as we always do here uh, for the prospect update. Yeah, I have a pretty short one today. Uh, the KHL's on kind of a break, and the SHL, Wallstead hasn't played a game in between uh, last recording and now. Well, they played a game, but uh, Lazanati got the start, so... Uh, boo did he lose uh, but <laughs> anyways uh, i think the biggest news is jack mcbain was named to team canada for the 2022 olympics which is you know there was rumors about it but it's awesome to finally get that confirmation to see him he's having a monster season at boston college so for him. yeah so he joined sam henkis as the only i believe active people in the wild organization to be mm-hmm. Going to the Olympics. A few former, I believe, there's uh, Daniel Winnick, Eric Stahl, mm-hmm. Landon Ferraro, and then I think there's a defenseman who I even forgot played for the Wild until Russo pointed yeah. out. Um, Maxim Noro, I think. Yeah. Is, like that. Is, the other, <laughs> is the other Wild alumni He's there? Not. It's like, these guys haven't, when's the last time these guys even played hockey? Like, are they still playing? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I just have a couple. 
Oh, okay. Go ahead, Zeke. Well, I mean, I remember that the that uh, the the fake roster that you sent in the group chat that people were posting. I remember I thought that at first I was like, oh shit. I remember yeah. Heatley oh, is still right. Yeah. Heatley on a line with Connor Bedard. What <laughs> would have been fun? Would have been ultimate chaos, but like, from the sounds of it, Danny Heatley has been a very private person since retiring. Yeah. So yeah. as soon as I saw his name, I'm like, ah, all right, <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, and just a couple more things. Pavel Novak had the game-winning shootout goal last night for uh, Kelowna. Uh, I believe it was a four to three final score. It was pretty nice glove hand wrist shot. I mean, his his shot is really good. One of his strengths. So. Um, and then Damon Hunt picked up a Gordy Howe hat trick last night in Moose Jaw's eight to two, eight to one win. Yeah, they spanked him. So but, I think uh, our good friend Spokesy mentioned too at one point when they were up like seven to one, he tried a Michigan. <laughs> yeah, like apparently failed epically, <laughs> yeah. but like he went for it. So he just does whatever he wants, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was also tied for the lead in the WHL for goals by defensemen, and you know we've seen him miss time with the injury and other things so and that's that's another good piece in the system that that uh, we're kind of waiting on absolutely yeah sure. then the last thing i have for now i mean mason shaw picked up a hat trick i forgot which game it was but uh, he ended up being our prospect mm-hmm. of the week and then as we're speaking this game will be over by the time this uh gets released but i was up against rockford one nothing right now rossi has 10th goal of the season on a nice wrist shot from yeah. the from the slot so 10th yeah. of the year yeah, double-digit goals now. Which is good to see because, you know, we've even coming in and his whole career, he's been more of that passer, but still, you know, mm-hmm. not without that yeah. that scoring touch at times. Like, it was a goal scorer's goal. He was, you know, kind of a one-timer from the knee, wrister, like picked yep. it up under the bar. Like, it wasn't like a little – it wasn't like an Erickson Eck or Parisi where they're sitting on the doorstep banging home a rebound. It was yep. it was a nice right. shot. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was. All right. That, that's all I got for the update uh, this week. Kind of a – slow week overall not many i mean there's games but yeah that's all i have yeah well for once we get a breakdown more than two games this week um as we transition in um our stats section we'll kind of use in conjunction when we talk about the grief line um but let's get into these games a little bit before we talk about the grief line uh three games since our last episode two against chicago two wins there five to one trounce on friday in chicago a four three overtime win on saturday on hockey day Right. Overtime wasn't shootout, was it? Yeah, it was overtime. Overtime, yeah, okay, like, yeah, no, okay. No. I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> and then uh, just an absolute drubbing of the Montreal Canadiens on Monday, eight to two. Um, let's start with Friday night in Chicago. The Wild got out early, three goals in the first period, and pretty much never looked back. No, and uh, it was surprising just how. Uh, I mean, maybe not all that surprising because I don't think they're that good, but how uh, disinterested or just flat Chicago look. I mean, yeah, I know you're down through nothing early, but you know, for the, for the most part in that first period and that whole game, they just looked pretty flat on home ice. And uh, Hey, it's, it's, it's always fun to beat Blackhawks. Even, you know, even if the last time of the class was years ago, it's always fun to go into a road team's place and kick their ass like they did in that game. And especially Chicago. I mean, yeah. <laughs> especially, right. Especially Chicago and that little twerp Patrick Kane to, even though he did get an assist on a fluky goal in the end of the game. But, yeah, no, it was, a, it was an ass-kicking. It was just, uh, you know, it's been so nice, you know, the last couple of months to get the lead early and then just basically put it on cruise control the rest of the game where there's never a doubt who's going to win. So that was uh, that was really good. 
for sure. Right. Yeah. That was a really fun game to watch. Like you said, it's always fun to spank Chicago and yep. you know, Patrick Kane at this point looks really checked out. Like he's still good, but he just doesn't look like he's enjoying his time there anymore. And then it's very always... much like if the puck's not on his stick, he's like, yeah, you don't even notice him. Yeah. Right. It, it was awesome seeing Taze get all frustrated and finally stand up for a teammate, <laughs> which, you know, we didn't, yeah, but, hasn't done. Uh, <laughs> almost 10 years too late on that one, buddy. Yeah. Right. But, uh, man, Ryan Hartman, it was got, it had to feel good for Ryan Hartman to come in and score two goals, ended up scoring the game winning goal against his former team and yeah, f- former uh, team, hometown team. And then yep. also to finally score a couple goals on Marc-Andre Fleury too. Yes. You know, kind of a, yeah. a, a trifecta of just like, you could see on the second, was it the first, is it the second one that kind of like got the crazy bounce or was that the first one? I think that was, uh, I can't remember which one. I think that was the second wild goal first goal yeah. of his. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was just yeah. the, the ridiculous pass by Kaprizov. Well, right. right through like three guys' legs, right yeah. to him on his sticks. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah oh, the only so like bad yeah, thing no, that it was, it was... no, go ahead, Justin. No, you go ahead. It's, it was... I was gonna say the only <laughs> bad thing about that game was Capo uh, was looking for that first shutout of the year, had oh, it yeah. going, and just kind of a broken play <laughs> where you know it bounces through some skates, finds its way to Patrick Kane's stick, he throws an across ice to Dylan Strom. And Capo Kakinen toe picks in the crease and it beats him five hole. Or if, you know, he doesn't toe pick. He just slides across and probably stops that and gets the shutout. But um, he laughed about it after the game, saying, you know, it kind of sucks that it happened, ruined the shutout. But he's like, at least it happened in a game where we're up five nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not maybe a game like the next night where it's a close game yeah. or something that costs you right. a game. So Absolutely. good spirits. I will, uh, I will say, too, in that game, uh, their penalty kill, I mean, like I said, Chicago wasn't that good. But and they did end up, I think, I don't remember exactly if you guys know, it was like 35 shots for them yeah a lot of perimeter shots yeah not a lot from anywhere near the net i mean i don't know if you guys can even remember i personally don't remember hardly you know any actual scoring chances i mean even on like i said on their power plays they were just wild they boxed them out and were really aggressive and just never you know i mean even like you said brett even their goal wasn't a really great scoring chance at all so it was it was just domination too yeah yeah, we bottled them up and frustrated i mean it was I think this was uh, – I got sent on the taxi squad in Iowa afterwards basically now, but uh, it was, I think this was Addison's best game of the year too. For like, sure. The whole team was going. It, it was such a fun game from start to finish. Duheim got on the, the score sheet again, and once again, Kakanen comes up huge in the absence of Talbot, who's now back and maybe not back, but <laughs> – yeah, yeah it, that was one of the funner games of the year. One, because of the opponent, and two, how much we dominated the, the whole play. Absolutely. And then uh, to cap off Hockey Day, which was a great day for me, a Mankato hockey fan, as the the Mavericks drubbed St. Thomas uh, 7-1, to one, I believe, was the final. St. Thomas finished with six shots on goal in the game. Wow. Um, and the only puck <laughs> that managed to beat Dryden McKay. Uh, for those that didn't watch, was uh, in the second period when they had zero shots on goal, they took a shot from the blue line that was going about 10 feet wide. It hits a Mankato player's skate and deflects in. <laughs> so they still didn't have a shot on goal, really, technically. And that's the only goal that beats him on six shots. But I don't um, I don't know how they got to six shots. I thought after the first, okay, you got zero. If you get two, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, they got like a fluky breakaway, and I think the rest of the shots were pretty like yeah. perimeter. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of one. I mean, Mankato remains the top team well, in the country, 
and then St. Thomas, they just got a couple years while they build that program that are going to be rough for them. But yeah, and I mean, I'm sure, I get, I'm sure it was a cool experience for him being out there. Yeah. Well, and I get the, you know, Kevin Gorgon, the announcers trying to talk to the team, but sometimes like, oh, they're going, they're doing a great job. They're trying to be a positive. It's like Kevin, they're two and 24 and getting spanked six to one. You <laughs> By the best team in the country. You, like, you don't have to, you don't have to sugarcoat yeah. it. It just yeah. it is what it is. But hey, I, I said to my dad, it looked like one of my junior gold games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so literally, but, it was bad. But. Yeah, and then as that game finished up, uh, the Whitecaps won their game against the Buttes, three to one. I'm like, all right, we're two for two, heading into the Wild's night at home at the X. And as the Wild always do on Hockey Day Minnesota, they uh, finish it off in dramatic fashion, once again pulling the goalie, tying the game, and then of course winging overtime um, <laughs> on a game winner from Marcus Foligno with assists from uh, Jordan Greenway and Alex Galagoski, just so everyone draws up three on three overtime. Exactly. And I'm convinced, and I think we're all convinced, even before the season, hockey day magic is real. <laughs> the storylines write themselves that day. It's they insane. do. I mean, the year Prosser scored when it was in Elk River, he's from Elk River, just the record were what, like 13, 2 and 1 or something on hockey day, Minnesota. It's just. Yeah, I think they're undefeated, or not undefeated, but they haven't lost in regulation on home ice yeah. on hockey day. They've had a couple of road games, but. Yeah, that, that was uh, another fun one. Yeah. See, so, you know, going down two nothing, and then you know, X scores before the end of the period. Yeah, well, I mean, Man. that the obviously they were, you know, I mean, you could expect that Chicago was going to play better, yeah. like you would with any team who gets their butt spanked on home ice the night before. Like, you know, you just expect that. Then, but I mean, like you said, I not ideal going down two nothing, but you know, as we learned the whole year that. Two nothing with three minutes left isn't that big of a deal to this team, and much less right. with the whole game left. So, and I mean, I think, I think obviously that you know, I mean, you, you could say any point, but I think the after that power play goal by uh, by Acker at the end of the first period was huge mm-hmm. to get back to within one because as you know, the next the second period there they just could not seem to beat Blanken and for whatever reason he but you know right after Brett kind of jinxed him with saying earlier get a lot of pucks on him he's sucked <laughs> this year he'll he will score a lot and then. He decided to make 21 saves in the second period or whatever. So but, uh, that was a huge goal right at the end of the period. And it was, I think the power play overall was, even though that was the only goal they scored, looked really good that game too. You know what I'm realizing? Capo Kakinen not getting the shutout is my fault because in my tweet, I said oh. I would like a Capo Kakinen redacted. And because I redacted it, I reverse jinxed it. If I would have said shutout, then I would have, jinxed it but because that's a jinx it would have reverse jinx it so he would have got the shutout <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta think i know now it's it's the my my reverse jinx magic is it's, it's, it's getting hard. it's getting hard yeah it's very strong yeah i mean um, it even worked on jordy ben it did yeah. i was trash talking him he was a minus two and then he scores just like oh, I knew he would. Yep, see, it worked. You're welcome, Jordy. Um, but before we dive into the Canadians game quick, I'd say my last thing that I just wanted to bring up um, is, again, I mean, we talked about beginning of the year, you know, we weren't seeing it, you know, all the goals or production necessarily coming from Kirill Kaprizov, Kevin Fiala is coming from the depth guys. But in the third period mm-hmm. when the Wild are trailing, who scores the goals that tie the game? It's Kirill Kaprizov and then it's Kevin Fiala. Um, you know, yeah. it's the big names coming through again. Then you get a leader mm-hmm. like Marcus Foligno on Hockey Day coming through. Like it's it, it's what you want to see out of a championship team, you know the the big players and the leaders stepping up in the biggest moments in the game against a rival on a big day in the state with a you know a sold out barn. It was just it was great to see those guys come through. 
um, as they have, um, of course, Kaprizov and Fiala now nine straight games. But uh, we'll get to that in yeah. a minute too. And, 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 oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say in the past we were saying when these guys were kind of slumping, especially Fiala, that you know it's good to see these you know bottom six guys picking up the slack and it's eventually going to come back around and it's starting to. And Fiala's up to 10 goals already. I didn't even realize it until I just looked at my phone. But, I mean, he's slowly picking up the goal pace and uh, just starting to, you know, I think it. we really know when it happened is when Boldy came up and those two's chemistry has been amazing. So yeah. Fiala's uh, on a nine-game point streak and Matt yeah. Boldy has been in the lineup for the past seven games. Seven. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what that could be. None of us could have possibly, <laughs> not like we were saying we should have done this, you know, last yeah. you know summer right the playoffs no. that wasn't us saying that absolutely not but no whatever. i guess you know no. like, oh see i told you so we waited it was great whatever well, at least he's listening to the podcast this year maybe exactly. last year he wasn't yeah. listening to the podcast i don't know yeah dean true. just picks and chooses when he wants to listen yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah you can go ahead zeke i just had to throw oh, that in oh i just uh i just was gonna say too i think uh i mean obviously kakin's been great the last 10 games but i think he was you know pretty good even in this game i mean you know he had made that one save on taves right before that power play of the yep. period that was when he stuck his pad up that was awesome and made a couple other ones and uh i think you know brad you said this on your game score post after the game when someone asked that last goal there was kind of the uh the only like negative out of that game that was you know it was kind of just kind of unlucky bounce just somehow didn't squeeze the five hole down yep. but i think i think he was a uh, you know he was really clutch in that game as well Absolutely. Yeah, great to see him continue I, to play well. And I do want to add one thing. Was this the game where the Deweys both fought? Uh, I don't I'm trying to look here. No, I think that might have been Friday. Was that Friday? Okay. Yeah. I did want yeah. to say one thing. I know a lot of people don't like the fighting, but I think <laughs> in the same breath it's a good sign because we are frustrating the crap out of these teams, yep. and the play is causing them to – take maybe runs at players and you know we kind of got to stand up for ourselves but I, I think that's just indicative of the frustration we're putting in these teams yeah and i mean n- no disrespect for Dewar or duhame but i'd much rather have one of those two sit in the box for five minutes than you know a felino or a hartman yeah no offense to those guys love that they stick up for their teammates but when it's your fourth line guy who's playing you know eight to ten minutes a night it's okay if you lose him for a little bit if it means he's standing mm-hmm. up for someone. So yeah. I also just thought it was cool that Dewey one and Dewey two simultaneously. Yeah. Love, so. <laughs> I'm gonna have to come up with a meme like Huey, Louie, and Dewey, like Dewey, Dewey, and something. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Like if you know, I don't want to say it because it kills my soul. But in the event that Nico Sturm doesn't come back next year, I require the Wilds replacement to be someone that can be somehow a Dewey three. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'd have to do the research on who that would have to be, but we need a Dewey three. Somewhere in there. We need the triple D line. We could could call it the Guy Fieri line. (laughs) That'd be a deep cut. It'd be a deep cut meme, but once people got it, be like, three Ds, triple D. I'm like, and then they'd get it. (laughs) Deep cut meme. um, Let's get into the final game um, of this three games since we last recorded. That was Monday night against the Montreal Canadiens. we were bold. I put out a thread on the Sound the Foghorn Twitter account about just how abysmal the Canadians had been. I said if the Wild came out and played their game, they should dominate. I uh, ap- ap- apologize because the, the, a user responded. I can't remember who it was. It was like, this seems like a, like all that said, this feels like a trap game. I'm like, we'll be fine. And then if, sure enough, the Canadians come out, like 
first shot that Tam's ha- Cam Talbot sees his returning injury goes in like pretty early in the game. Like, oh no, here we go. We're about to lose to Montreal. And then the Wild said, whoa, 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 whoa. Time to turn it up. And then from there on out, they just kicked the living crud out of the Canadians. Like, it, I mean, I don't even know where to start with that game, but an 8-2 to two final and the two goals that Montreal scored at this point don't even feel relevant. Right. No, I mean, it was, I mean, even that first period, it was a huge surprise from watching that it was only 2-1 to because they wild missed probably like three or four grade-A chances. I mean, you could think Presov just missed the between the legs. Goal, Boldy kind of shanked on a one-time round, an empty net. That would have been a goal if he got all of it and a bunch of others. And, you know, like you said, Brett, I was kind of in the same boat. I mean, maybe wild of years past, you know, just with the mentality of the teams might have been able to fall for that a little easier. But I think it was Nico Sturm who had a quote one of the few games ago or whatever, basically saying that, you know, we don't go into games hoping we're going to win. We go in with the expectation that we will win every night. And, I mean, like you said, they just – uh they took it to him and Montreal, like I think I read that they've averaged 50 shots against the last five games. Like they were just giveaway after giveaway in the defensive zone. And yeah, the goalies weren't great, but it's hard to blame the 22, 23 year old goalies in net playing in their fifth game or whatever, when they're just letting, you know, the top guys in their team just roll on in and take however many amount of shots on them. It was uh, like, like you said, it was just, it was just an absolute slaughter and, I know it's not the same team in Montreal, obviously, with no Carey Price, Shea Weber, Philip Deneau, but... Thomas Sitar, another one that's yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. No John amazing. Merrill. Yeah, that's yeah, man, that's a big one. That's true. It's just, a, <laughs> it's just amazing that they can go... You can go from being, you know, in the Stanley Cup final, regardless of how lucky, to being, you know, you know even worse than the Coyotes, which I can't believe... Didn't think thing. that was possible. Yeah. No. You know, this was a game that... Uh, of course, it wasn't ass-kicking, but we got production from uh, the whole lineup up and down the line, all four lines. You know, Felino got a goal. Dewar got his first career goal. We saw Sturm Three score right eight. after him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Zuccarello scored a goal. Baldy scored a goal. Every single line scored a goal. Even damn J- Jordy Ben scored because yep. of Brad's <laughs> reverse jinx. Exactly. It was just everyone was putting the puck in the net. It, it, on the Canadian side, honestly, it was, I thought it was kind of cool to see Ram Pitlick score. It was, it was a little hurt a little bit, but uh, you know we we got not in the in the fact that uh, I talked. Long story short, his aunt is his her her kid is in the same dance as my my daughter, and I was talking to her a little bit before the before the game, and I was like, oh, I hope he scores for you. So that was kind of cool for for family purposes, yeah, for sure. Always cheer for the one of us's, even if it's on the other yeah. team. So right. Um, yeah, Justin, you mentioned just contributions up and down the lineup. Eight players with multi-point games. Um, the only players without a point, without points in the game, were uh, Eric Sinek, um, who had beautiful screens on two of the goals that basically might as well have been points. Duheim, who was part of you know both of that ex- offensive explosion yeah. nine. Nothing from Dumba or Kulikov. Nothing from Hartman. But everyone else had at least one point in the game. I mean, it's just the contributions. I mean, the depth really showed through. Um, but amazing was just how suffocating the Wild were. I mean, this is a team, this Montreal Canadian team. Granted, it was they were outplayed by both Colorado and Vegas, but their two previous games, they take both and both of those teams to overtime, ended up losing. Um, so you know they've been sticking with good teams and stuff, but the mm-hmm. Wild just really showed the dominance um, for the whole game. Montreal ended up with 21 shots, um, totaling just 0.87 expected goals. Huh. 
um, for the whole game. Not, not a period, not two periods. That was a three-period total of .87 on 21 shots. Just like the defense was just suffocating. Like it's, mm-hmm. I mean, the couple and the couple goals they got were on some pretty fortunate bounces where it hops right to a guy who happens to be open and he beats the goalie. But yeah. First shots for both uh, Talbot and Kacken, and they stopped yeah. the other ones after that. So it doesn't happen often. No, it was yeah. I mean, I mean, it was fun to you know watch him kick ass, but it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't particularly compelling game because you know you like I said it's sometimes like you watching a high school game first round of the section tournament when it's one versus eight and you just know that it's like Eden Prairie against like you know uh, I don't know Irondale or Osseo or something. You just know it's gonna be ass kicking, but so it was you know, it wasn't even close, but it was just fun to like you said, just to watch uh you know, watch him kick ass and it was really cool too, obviously in the third period when uh Crook Presoff got his assist on Matt Boldy's goal for his hundredth point and he got, you know, the whole standing ovation in the rank, which was really neat and his reaction to the bench was pretty funny. He kinda had that his funny smile on his face and then turned around like tried to <laughs> pretty way, but that yep. was really cool too. Yep. I want to shout out that goal in the game. I had tweeted that I was a wild fan seeking a map bully goal and I got it. So that made me yep. quite happy. It's a nice shot right under the bar too. Yep. <clears throat> Power play goal. I think too. Yeah, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was. Yep. Well, comment. We need, do need to say, uh, you know, it was, it, it was funny the next day, too, uh, the amount of Montreal fans they found pissed off, convinced that Jared Spurgeon is some dirty goon out yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, guys, yeah, you don't know anything. He's really. farthest thing from that. Yeah, like <laughs> that it's, like to me, funny. when I watched, he was trying to kind of do the old, like, yeah. sneak between two players. And when you do that, you lift your shoulder up, and that mm-hmm. when he lifted his shoulder, he happened to catch him in the head, which made it look like he might have hit him, but... Um, no, not the case. And obviously, um, player safety, who is a joke anyway, um, yeah. thought, thought the same thing. Um, the thing I want to highlight, um, and I want to shout out Michael Russo for highlighting this uh, in his most recent athletic gamer as well, was uh, how, I, I got to say, because it, it's worthy of the swear word here, how fucking good the grief <laughs> squad line was against Montreal. Um, at five on five in that game, when all three of them were on the ice, so not two of them, one of them, when all three were on the ice, 10-28, they scored twice, generated 16 shot attempts, nine shots on goal, 1.26 expected goals. Um, but the part that's just mind-boggling, one shot attempt against, zero shots on goal against, zero goals against, zero expected goals against for a 94.12 Corsi 4 percentage and a 100% expected goals 4 percentage. I've been doing, you know, these player cards and, and kind of watching these stats now for basically, you know, this whole year, a good chunk of last year. And this is for sure the first time I remember that this has happened. And I don't quote me, but I doubt there's been another line this season that's played over 10 minutes in a game and hasn't allowed a shot on goal and has a zero, has a hundred percent expected goal share while scoring twice. Like the dominance of that is just an absurd level. And it's probably something we will never, ever, ever see again. Absolutely. And I think another thing that's pretty absurd, I'll use your word, Brett. And (laughs) the fact that I think we're up 20 games or so, maybe 19, 19 or 20, but when they're all on the ice together, knock on wood, they haven't allowed a goal. Uh, hundred at five on five. Yep, hundred seventy-five point nine minutes across twenty games. 
Nine goals for, zero goals against. Damn. Yep. That's bonkers. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's amazing because I think Jordy Ben said it too. They're all, they all can move and all this, but they're all huge. Like they're all mm-hmm. like, you know, six, three and up, like 220 pounds. Like just, I mean, you can see just, you know, just looking at their size. And if, you know, if you can give those guys the skinny bullet they have, just that, I mean, we know how much Eck pisses off opponents. It's, I, I mean, like, there's not much more to add, but. It's uh, you know that it's unfortunate we didn't have that line uh, in Colorado because that's you know the kind of the opponent where if you know if they're out there that they're they're just stapled to those top guys but yeah no it's I mean it's it's nothing new I do I do remember last year though we would get to you know when there were, here was the campaign to move Eck up to top six and you know people were kind of getting annoyed with this whole concept that this is Evans' favorite toy and that he won't you know ever break it up or whatever but I think. Uh, you know, it's pretty safe to say that you know he knew what he was uh, knew what he was talking about yeah. there. Yeah. On top of that, too, at five v five this year, tenth um, best line in the NHL among those that have played um, at least 125 minutes together with a 61.8 expected goal share. Um, some of the lines in front of them: the Perfection Line um, in Boston, the Kachuk. Lindholm Goudreau line, um, the Gensel Crosby Rodriguez line, the Robertson Hintz Pavelski, the Zegras Milano Raquel. Like these are legit top lines mm-hmm. in the wild. I mean, you can, they're not the first line, but you can argue flip them either the second line or the third line. To be up there with th- those types of lines is just, it's, it's just bonkers how good this line is. And like you said, Zeke, like we were clamoring for it to be split up last year, but now like, and, and this is the next thing I wanted to get into. I'm at that point where I think this line is so good and the, the three players seem to work off each other so well. Like we talked about beginning of the of the year podcast season, like, yep, we think Jordan Greenway's future in Minnesota, is, is the days are numbered. I'm at that mm-hmm. point now where I'm looking at it go, with how freaking good that line is, do you maybe keep Greenway? I think it's a legitimate question at this point. Now, I mean, you just look at it. I mean, he's definitely not going anywhere before the end of the season. I think that's that's a given. But I'm at that point where I'm like, if you know, if if he, I think the team's at a point where if you can kind of sway him, hey, you know, we're 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 a contending team, we're a championship team. Will you take a discount for a two year deal or something to try and win one with us? And I think Greenway's the type of player. I mean, the offensive production isn't prolific. And I think if you look at his numbers away from guys like Felino and Eck, they're not spectacular. But when he's with them, he's really good. And I think, you know, that gives him value inside the organization, maybe not quite as much outside the organization or on the free agent market or somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think, oh, sorry, Justin. Go ahead. Oh, well. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I thought you something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you like blanked out, but okay, you can go ahead. Sorry, I'll I'll shut up. Uh, I I was just gonna say uh, I just blanked out too. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, I, I, I it keep it seems like we keep seeing like players we think that could be traded. Like mm-hmm. it's like maybe it's Fiala, maybe it's Greenway that brings us something back, and then you don't want to break up the grief line now because they're so freaking good, yeah. and then. Fiala picks up this chemistry with Boldy that we thought might happen when he got called up and, and just, it keeps on going like down the line, like what's the trade piece. And you think Dumba now because of, you know, Addison and the wings, of course he just got the a, but we've seen captains, assistant captains traded before. 
you don't want to lose the guy, but hmm. at some point we're going to lose someone. And, and with these players developing this great chemistry, it's it's hard to kind of pinpoint what's going to yeah. lose, what we're going to lose, what what we're, uh, you know, we got to have to lose someone if we want to get something. But you know, it, it's hard to pinpoint. Yeah, it's yeah. T- definitely muddied the waters. And I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, like Brett said, everything's going to depend on salary cap, especially with the. Uh, buyout paying getting worse next year and and obviously they we don't know what moves they'll make uh you know after the season during it leading up to the draft and all that so you know obviously then we'll have a better idea but i think you know like brett said if he's not gonna cut i can't imagine you know i I would think could you maybe get him like two two and a half like two and a half maybe on like a two-year deal would that if would that be reasonable you think i mean it's not i don't know i guess i'm just trying to decide what he would be think he's gonna be worth but i feel like you know, especially on Brett said, it's not like he's uh, scoring a ton. You know, he's never been a goal scorer. But I, I think uh, I, I agree with you guys. I think that, like you said, Brett, that line is, uh, you know, especially in a playoff series, like everyone's talked about a long time when you're playing a high-powered offensive team, especially on the road, that, you know, that's going to be one you want, a line you need. And, I mean, I think a similar example you could compare them to is, you know, I don't know if they played the same, but in Tampa when they had the uh, line with Blake Coleman, and Yanni Gord, and uh, who was the other guy, Barkley Goudreau, yep. who was that. You know, they they could score, but they were main job was out there just to pummel, you know, defensively with pressure and just shut down the other team's best players. And and I mean, like I said, that could be a that could be a really valuable. It's a really valuable thing to have, uh, especially on top of the the scoring that you already have on your team. Yeah, and I think that's a great analogy too because what that does is now you're throwing this line up against you know top units, and it's yeah. you know you know the Kaprizov line is going to get attention from probably one of the other top lines, which frees up your Boldy Fiala, Goudreau, maybe maybe somebody else, um, in yeah. the middle there by the time the playoffs come around, which we'll talk about in a second, um, but it frees up those two lines to go out and cook. Um, or at least one of those two lines to go out and score. And it when you have three lines, you have to try to figure out how to defend. And we've talked about this at length going back to the start of our podcast is how the Wild are one of the deepest offensive teams in the league when it comes to where they can get scoring from. And that's only improved this year with the emergence of Matt Boldy, with the emergence of Ryan Hartman scoring, the scoring from Marcus Foligno, Jewel Erickson, Eck. Like they have three lines that are a threat to score against you. And Zeke, to your point, it's hard to defend. And if, you know, you look at what made a team like Tampa successful, it's because they had two other lines that could go out and feast on other teams when they were shut down by the by the Goudreau, um, uh, Coleman, and Gord line. Um, so, yeah, excellent point. Yeah, so as I mentioned, just the next piece I want to get to is, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if we came into this year with the expectations that we'd be a championship team, Per se, I think we came into the expectations like, hey, you know, if some of these rookies step up, if some of these guys take the proper steps forward, we should be a legit playoff contender, maybe push Colorado a little bit for the division, be a be a legit playoff team that could, that could make a run. But I think we're at the point where, you know, we, we saw this team take the avalanche to overtime without our three best defensive players. They're routing these bad teams. They're, they're on fire. They've got all the pieces in place. And I think we're all in agreement that they're one center between Boldy and Fiala away from, you know, being a very, very legit cup contender. Um, Mm -hmm. We know there's some names out there. JT Miller, obviously, with all the Pittsburgh connections now with, um, obviously, Boudreaux there, a former wild coach, knowing a lot of these former players. Um, 
so JT Miller an option. Claude Giroux um, sounds like uh, where you know I believe he has a full no move. Um, it sounds like Colorado could be in the mix for him, but I'm sure Minnesota's got to be attractive to him as well. So um, Thomas Hurdle probably has to decide his future if he wants to you know be a part of the Sharks that are probably mm-hmm. headed for a rebuild. Uh, I mean, there'll be options out there, and it, I guess the question it comes down to is, if you're the Wild, do you go all in this year? Well, I think it depends, you know, on, I guess, what the meaning of, you know, go all in is. I mean, obviously, if, you know, like we saw some Vancouver fans last saying today, if they want your two best prospects and two first-round picks, you know, then you're Walk not going to give that. But as we know, as we everyone knows, uh, fans and their trade proposals and ideas are – you know, typically overvaluing of their players or assets and undervaluing other teams. So, you know, obviously it, that would, it's going to depend on how much another team would want. And, you know, I, and, and you know, as, as people mentioned before, you don't want to go in a situation where you give up too much for rental, like a Martin Hansel. But in, in my opinion, I think this might be a little different in that Martin Hansel was just a horrible fit for that team. And that was a, you know, as Russo said before, a panic mm-hmm. move by Chuck Fletcher after yeah. Jonathan Taves lit the wild up one game in the middle of February for whatever reason, he just was scared by those three playoff losses. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in the, the, the all in mode of, uh, in my opinion, that uh, if you see, you know, as everyone knows, the cap hits next year, you might not really have the chance to really go for it again for a few years. So if you got a chance to add a guy like Claude Giroux or, or JT Miller or whatever at center to fit on that, you know, like Brett said, that line with Boldy and Fiala, I think, uh, you know, I just think you might need that extra center if you really want to give yourself a good chance to not only compete with, but, you know, have to beat Vegas and Colorado and the St. Louis or Nashville for sure. Yeah, I, I can certainly see both sides of it because, it, like you guys said, this team is legit. And <clears throat> someone other than Goudreau, you know, would be amazing in between uh, Fial and Boldy. Someone like Drew who has, what, 34 points in 40 games on a Flyers team. That's absolute crap. They've yeah. lost like 13 in a row. He's I do want to clarify. I know we yeah. give Freddie Goudreau a lot of crap, but oh, it, yeah. it can't be overlooked. Like, he's been a he's been a decent complimentary piece, much in the way Rask mm-hmm. was. For, like, he hasn't – I don't think he's held mm-hmm. the line back, but I don't think he's necessarily, like, given them anything extra that maybe right. someone more offensively minded like a Miller or a, or a Giroux or a Hurdle might be able to add. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't dislike Goudreau. He's, you know, good on defense, and he's quicker than Rask. And, but, yeah, like, these guys are on – like, JT Miller is a point-per-game player right now for Vancouver, and and mm-hmm. Drew is almost a point-per-game player at 34 years old. I mean, he's on a bad Flyers team, but he's still a good player. He's got leadership qualities, which – seems to be something that Garen looks for and <clears throat> he's made runs. He made that, I think he was on that Stanley cup run with the flyers when they played the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got that experience in the playoffs. So, you know, why not go all in like before the cap hits start, like Zeke said, as long as you're not giving up too many assets that maybe bring you back a little bit, cause we will mm-hmm. need these entry level contracts and such the next three years. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm with you and Zeke. I think the biggest reason for me, like you mentioned, is that after this year, the cap gets tight. So I think right now, while you have the space, you make the move. Um, I think it's safe to say that Addison, Baldy, Rossi are probably the only untouchables. And I doubt they would trade anything off the roster um, mm-hmm. just because, the, I mean, the, the point is to upgrade the current roster, not trade off of it. 
which to me means everything else would be in place, um, including Rat, who's Nadine off. Um, obviously, I think Walset I think would be the other untouchable yeah. there as well. Yeah. But I think you know who's Nadine off, O'Rourke, Lambos, you know Damon Hunt, Pavel Novak, Sam Henkis, Jack McBain. A lot of these, you know, that that next tier down of prospects, um, and I would say any firsts. Um, that we have second rounders on the table as well, but I mean, this is the this is the bonus of having built up a good prospect pool and still having those drafts in your chambers. Now you can go and you can make a move like this without mm-hmm. completely uprooting your future. So yeah, it's not like Tor Fletcher giving out a second round pick for Sean Bergenheim and Chris Stewart. Within a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No particular exactly. reason, but and I think just to you know, I think an interesting thing is on the JT Miller conversation. I think doesn't he have another year left on his deal? Yep. So if you're trading for, I mean, he's five and a half, a reasonable cap hit. But if you're trading for a guy like that, that might be different consideration and worth more potentially in a deal with the other team that they're going to want if he's Absolutely. got an extra year left. But I don't know. I think just to, and my last thought is it's uh, a lot of people probably here, obviously, uh, remember the Twins a couple years ago in 2019 when they won their division and won 100 games. And, you know, everyone was clamoring for them, you know, make some sort of move, get to upgrade the pitching or whatever. And they said, no, we want to stand back because, you know, we're going to have a window. We're going to be good for five years. And then two years after another year losing in the first round, not winning a game, they kind of stunk last year. And, you know, I I mean, obviously, like we said, if the prices are too high, not going to be not at all. Uh, we'll, we'll take my chances with the team in the playoffs. But I just uh, I don't want to fall into that mistake of, you know, getting too careful and just assuming that, you know, you're going to be good enough to win again in two years or you have that window for the next decade. I think, you know, you know, as long as as long as it's not a Rossi or Bolte or Walsh that, uh, as, as you said, Brett, I'm good. And I just hope that uh, they give it a shot because it's a really fun team, a really close team, a great culture. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it just I don't know, it just seems really special that it seems like they've all the team as well has just earned uh kind of some reinforcement or another yep. piece to help them get over that yeah, bump. For sure. All right, just a little bit more wild news here to go over before we uh, jump in a little bit of a throwback segment. Um, some unfortunate news for the wild heading into the weekend in New York. Um, Nico Sturm coming off a career best three-point night, as well as John Merrill um, placed in COVID protocol. Um, unfortunate that, you know, happened before the All-Star break because after the All-Star mm-hmm. break, they'd no longer be tested unless they're symptomatic. Um, I think with testing today um i don't know if they'd be able to be in um by this weekend i don't think they'd be able to um yeah. so assuming that victor astra's in um originally i thought it'd be kaylin addison but uh if you're looking for the other side of the coin uh jonas brodeen who was recovering from a, either a broken hand or a broken wrist sounds like he's uh up and ready to go should be back so i'd assume we'd see the the brodeen dumbo reunion then jordy ben will just slide in with uh Dmitry Kulikov, and then it sounds like uh, Cam Talbot has the potential to be ready to go as well, and I would assume that he might uh, play against his New York Rangers former team potentially on Friday night as well. So just some news there. Any uh, gut reactions for you guys um, regarding those things? I mean, yeah, it is unfortunate to lose those guys, but it also shows how fortunate we are with the depth we have. Mm -hmm. These other Mm -hmm. guys coming back and having Addison as an option, and yeah. For sure. No, I just think it'll be a, you know, as soon as Jonas Perini is back, it was great because, you know, as we talked about all this year and, you know, it's been great his whole career, but especially this year and to have, you know, maybe your, your top four intact for the first time in, you know, a couple months, basically, it'll be really nice. And 
you know, because I'm I'm sure we're gonna need a good effort uh, in New York on Henrik Lundqvist's retirement Jersey retirement night. I'm sure there'll be Rangers. I mean, they've been good, really good this year, but I'm sure there'll be a, have some extra juice in the building, extra energy uh, for that game. So, which which should be really cool, by the way, with uh, Matt Sucrell getting to be there with Absolutely. his old buddy. So, yep, and Talbot yeah. backed up Lundqvist for I think yeah. it was one or two seasons as well. So it'll be really cool for those guys. Um, you know, Matt Zuccarello gets to have his, you know, two best friends of all time. Um, you know, Henrik Lundqvist (laughs) and Kirill Kaprizov meet each other maybe for the first time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, and I, I would assume that's intentional. I think if, if you guys remember, um, if our listeners remember when Lundqvist kind of announced his retirement or that he's leaving the Rangers or maybe it was, no, it was the Zuccarello trade. Um, when he got traded to Dallas, they were interviewing Lundqvist and he was literally in tears that Zuccarello was leaving the team. Um, like if that, I mean, that just shows you how close those two are. So really cool that um, I think that this was intentional that they wanted Zuccarello there for, for Lundqvist. So it'd be really cool. Um, so please wild fans be respectful on Twitter um, towards Lundqvist. Not that anyone, I mean, everyone loves Henrik Lundqvist, but um, be nice to the Rangers fans. They're good folks. Um, yep. And the Islanders um, on Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Yeah. And then I believe Chicago might be Wednesday next week. Mm-hmm. So it might be a Thursday show for us. Um, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think that about hits on the wild news. Anything else you guys want to hit on here before we uh, move into a classic segment here on Sound the Foghorn? Oh, let's get into this classic segment. Yeah, let's go. All right. For the OG listeners, um, we always had good feedback. So we used to do our drafts at the end of the show when we couldn't fill our time slots. Well, we are bringing one back this week. Pretty basic one. Um, we're just going to try to basically draft, um, and you know, kind of in spirit of the All-Star game as well a little bit. Um, we're just going to assemble our best starting lineup of active NHL players. Um, it's possible that we've done this one in the past. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but obviously, as as the seasons go on and you know things change, players get better. Um, so we're gonna do that here tonight. We'll have a poll out on Twitter probably either f- Friday, where you guys can vote on which team you think was the best, and then you can hit us also. Um, you know, you won't have to people to draft against, but assemble your roster. Um, so as always, three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie. We won't be position specific here because players move between center and wing, and right wing and left wing. Um, even on this team, the Wild. So, um, Zeke, this is your idea, so we'll throw you the first pick. Um, and then, Justin, you can go second. I'll go third. Um, so, snake draft, and uh, we'll kick it off here. Zeke, uh, you get okay. the 101. Yeah, well, uh, you know, maybe a little debate, but I'm just going to go with Connor McDavid. First pick, he, he's, you know, the Oilers mess been under fire, but I still think it's hard to pass him up. Right. I think that was the obvious pick there. You didn't overthink it, which is good. Yeah. Justin, you're up next. I have to go with uh, Ovechkin. Uh, there might be better players over him, but he's kicking it, still kicking it at, what, 36? And... Yeah. yeah I think he might be on pace for a career year. Um, yeah. Right. Well, I'm gonna go. F- I'm gonna start off with a homer pick. Um, try to get the Twitter votes. I'm taking Kirill um, <laughs> <laughs> with my first one, and then um, in honor of the All Star game coming up. Oof. And I'm between two players because I know one of them will not come back to me. I have to figure yeah. out where I think that I could find <laughs> another player. I'm gonna take Kale McCarr. Oh, oh man, knew you were doing that. Knew you were doing that. 
So. Well, I'm gonna go with McKinnon then. Yeah, that was who else I was debating there, but I, f- I think I, I had some centers. You know, Zeke already had McDavid. I feel like there's yeah. one that might come back to me still. So. Yep. All right, Zeke goes to you for two. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Adam Fox. Yep. Gotta get the D in there. And another one. Um, let me see. Zeke's got a list. He came prepared. I did not. I'm shooting from the yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Have, I just have NHL pulled up on my phone. Oh, okay. So I'm not. I don't. I'm not that prepared. I'm <laughs> too highly of myself. But uh, um, let's see. Who are the two goalies? Shit. Um, I think. Well, this is tough. But I'm gonna have to go with Andre Vasilevsky in goal. All right, so Zeke starts off with McDavid, Fox, Vasilevsky, not too shabby. Justin going all offense, starting off Ovi McKinnon. Uh, who's the third member of your team? Eh, dry sidle. I'm going to go all offense to start. All right. <laughs> not bad strategy. Well, my gamble paid off. I'm going to scoop up my center here. I'm going to go ahead and take Austin Matthews. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. To go with Krill and Kale McCarr. And then... I'm going to add another defenseman. I'm going to go with Victor Hedman. Okay. So I've got Kirill, Austin Matthews, Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman. Liking how I'm starting off. Justin's got Ovi, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, needs 2D and a goalie yet. 2D and a goalie. All right. Let's go. Uh, I think I'm going to take Roman Yossi. Yeah. A good one. All right. And Zeke needs two forwards and a D. He gets okay. two picks here. Okay. Uh, first, I'm going to go with uh, Aaron Eckblad on D. Solid. And then, um, let's see, on forward, I'm going to go with. Who do I want? It's not taken. Let's just. Let's go uh, Jonathan Huberto on the wing. Nice. That was a nice pick. Right, so Zeke needs one more forward to fill out his roster. Justin needs a D and a goalie, um, and I need a wing and a goalie. My turn? Yep. All right. <clears throat> I think I'll do uh, Chris Letang for my other defenseman. Solid. All right. And now it comes to me. For two. Hmm. Can I take two Avalanche? If, does Kirill Kaprizov balance out two Avalanche players? That's the question. <laughs> I don't know. That's hmm. a risk. I'm going for the votes here. I'm trying to win this draft. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to roll the dice. For my last Ford, I'm taking Miko Rantanen. Mm. And then I will round out my team in net with UC Soros. Mm. So, Justin, to you now uh, for a goalie. I'm going to go with Igor Shesterkin. 
guy cancel his name. Who is um by far and away the biggest all star snub of this year. That dude has been yeah. insane. For sure. All right. And Zeke, you gonna finish up the draft here with another forward. Okay. Um let me see quick. I get someone who's a goal scorer because I feel like I don't have it. I've got some passers. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm. Just envisioning Kirill Kaprizov setting up Austin Matthews. It's glorious. Whew. Maybe yeah. Kale McCarr wheeling in from the point. Very <laughs> yeah. good. Okay. Let me see. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, David Pasternak. Another one. All right. That'll wrap it up, um, man. This is this is gonna be a tough vote. I'm I'm interested to see um, what people go with here. So Zeke's team, uh, he's got Connor McDavid centering Jonathan Uberdo, David Pasternak, Adam Fox, Aaron Ekblad on D, Andre Vasilevsky in net. Justin has Nathan McKinnon flanked by Alex Ovechkin and Leon Dreisaitl. Pretty lethal up front. Roman Yossi, Chris Letang at the point. Igor Shesterkin rounding everything out. And then I have Kirill Kaprizov um, with Austin Matthews at center, Miko Ranton on the other wing, Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman on D, UC Saros uh, in net. Um, honestly, yeah, I don't even know <laughs> where, where my vote no. would go between the three of us here. It's, <laughs> oh man, um, it's you got the you got the Kaprizov stuff. So. I know that that, that, that was. That's that, the, uh, that was the advantage of being third. Is I, I think yes. like you, you can't go the first pick and take Kaprizov. Second you right. could have, but then you're passing on, you know, maybe a McKinnon or an Ovechkin or someone. Um, no Crosby picked. I think that shows the changing of yeah. the card there. Yeah, um, he's still really good. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a good thing there's so many good players. Yeah, and anyway, I, I think McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, all centers have you know, kind of passed him up. I think finally. Yeah. Um, the only like defensive snub. I mean, I love Spurgeon. He doesn't get the respect he deserves. But maybe Charlie McAvoy, maybe another oh, yeah. defenseman that could have been thrown into the yeah. mix there. But yeah, it should be interesting. I'm I'm excited to see uh, what the listeners come out with. So, uh, as I said, that poll will probably come out Friday afternoon. We'll want to give people a chance to listen to the show a little bit before we spoil the teams and you get to the draft. But uh, yeah, that should uh, about do it for the show. Um, as we mentioned, the Wild, uh, three games coming up here. We'll probably try for a Thursday show next week um, headed into the All-Star break. I think that will actually be the exact midpoint of the season, too. The Wild have 41 games, yep. I think. Um, but uh, Rangers Friday, Henrik Lundqvist retirement night, 7 p.m. Uh, the Islanders Sunday night at 6.30. And then Chicago, 8.30 Wednesday next week. Um, before five days off for the all-star break and then basically the gauntlet of games starts up after that um but uh any final thoughts for you gentlemen here uh before we wrap up uh no i'm just looking forward to see how we do against a legit opponent in uh the new york rangers who have chris Kreider, who's going bonkers with 30 goals this year and panarin and we all know what they have adam fox uh just looking forward to see how we do against them and then uh Something funny I can point out is we're three episodes away from our nicest episode. Oh, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Not for the nice title for that. Yeah. It might just be called nice. I might actually just label yeah. it episode 69. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's pretty good. But, uh, Description will me. just be lots of nice things. Yes. <laughs> you, have to, you have to listen to find out. Maybe we won't even talk about the wild. Maybe it's just a random show. We'll see. Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> nah, whatever. Be, that'd be impossible. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Zeke, any final thoughts for you? Uh, no, just uh, not much, but, you know, just get excited. Uh, things are, as Justin said, really going to get ramped up here and, you know, not going to have to go uh, five days between games anymore here really soon for another four months. So it should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Basically, like two more three plus day long breaks from now for like the next two weeks. And after that, it's pretty much every other night through the end of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, my final thought would be just excited for these games. Justin, as you said, Rangers should be an, a, a nice test, you know, playing on a big night for the franchise, you know, honoring a player that, you know, I think is universally respected across the hockey world and Henrik Lundqvist. And, uh, you know, it could be an emotional game for Zook. Maybe he brings out all, all the tricks and stuff in front of his former team and his best buddy. So, yeah, excited to see what happens. Great to have Brodeen back to that top four together for the first time. I don't even know how long it's been since yeah. we've had everyone back on the blue line. Um, so that'll be great. And then uh, hopefully go kick the crap out of the Islanders who are sucking this year, and then uh, kick the kick Chicago's butt for the third time in, in you know a week would be great as well. All right, uh, Justin, where can we find you and all of your work? Find me at the East two thousand four. You can find me at Caprisov C Caprisov Countdown, and you can find me at MNW Prospects at MNW Young Guns. And uh, Zeke, what about you? Uh, you can find me as usual on Twitter at Zeke Boyat, and you can find my work at uh, tenkearings.com. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. And be sure you are following the podcast account as well at Sound the Foghorn, all one word, both on Twitter and Instagram. Three games before we record next. It'll probably be a Thursday show ahead of uh, All-Star Weekend. It's a little over a week off for us here. But until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Foghorn.